Hey guys, this is Lauren Calloway, owner of the Art of Zen podcast and Untethered with Low. Um, you get to know me as a web developer, marketer, yogi, all the things. And I've been expanding my podcast segments out to welcome warmly people from the outside to bring their medicine, their knowledge, their love, their guidance, their talents to the forefront. So that way we can work as a collective to create a space that is healthy, happy, and whole. And so today I have a guest, Ruthie, how are you? I'm doing good, Lauren. I'm excited to be here with you. Um, Ruthie, tell everybody about you and give a little background. Well, my name is Ruthie Cohen Joyner. No E on Ruthie. That's one of my pet peeves when people <laughs> look at my name and spell it wrong. When you don't see it, that's one thing. But, you know, when you respond to me on Facebook, I'm like, but you're looking right at my name. Anyway, um, my background is as a registered dietitian and in 2009, I found EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques, or tapping online, looking at nutrition information, trying to find the answer for my eating stuff. That's what I'm calling it today. Um, found EFT, thought this is the weirdest looking thing I have ever seen, but then I started playing with it and found, huh, there's something to this. The 2011 Tapping World Summit led to me doing training in it in January of 2012. And so now I've been a EFT practitioner for however many years that is, 11 years, I think. And I combined EFT with Akashic Record reading, so kind of bringing a spiritual component into working with people on their emotional, energetic stuff. And my favorite offshoot of that is called Matrix Reimprinting, which is an offshoot of EFT that I really, really love. That is about working with your inner child. Mm, I love that. I love that. Uh, talk to us today about our topic. Okay. So today we're talking about the treetop view. The treetop view in, in my way of seeing things is if you imagine your life here on earth, down here doing your human stuff, making mistakes, trying new things, learning things, oops, that wasn't it, you know, going on and on. But then you imagine that you have your soul view. So I kind of see that as the treetop view up above and that your soul is looking down at you doing your human stuff with love, with compassion, with tenderness, with understanding. And we so forget that from the human level. We are busy beating ourselves up, not feeling good enough, not feeling thin enough, educated enough, smart enough, whatever the yada yada story is of the day. But from a soul view, none of that really exists. All of this is the way it's meant to be. So I don't know. How does that land for you, Lauren? <laughs> I love it because no lie, folks, you know, I keep it 100, but we just, I was just doing a podcast before this and I was telling her that you and I had this talk coming up because we were segueing into it a little bit and how that we, what she called it was, and the author is Ivy Gray, um, she calls it looking full circle mm -hmm. and realizing that people are and I feel the same. People are a product of their upbringing, their pre-programs, their traumas, the things that they haven't worked through. And so um, I love the, even the full circle. I love the higher view because that's what it means. It means stepping outside 
of all the space, your own personal feelings and, and not even really stepping in their shoes, but just coming from above and just kind of going, okay, why are they doing this? Why do you do this? And it's not just on people, it's ourselves as well, realizing we're still tethered to all the things that we're still holding on to, you know, whether it's the, the sexual traumas, the uh, uh, mental abuse, right. The physical abuse, um, whether it's from kids or, you know, the husband or your mom or your dad or your grandparents. Um, so when we talk about this, it, the biggest thing I know for me, when I'm in situations that are not good, especially when it comes to my interaction with other people is I really step back and I go, okay, what's really going on here? And so from there, and I have studied psych a lot and studied it in high school. I studied college psych in high school, studied psych in college, um, studied neuro-linguistics reprogramming, kind of finding that root cause of why people do what they do. And I think that alone gives me just that want to step back and out. But then of course, spirituality is that, that same principle as well of like, okay, people aren't coming for you because you know they just want to hurt you. They're hurt themselves. Right. So like I was saying, like, ultimately I'm constantly just trying, anytime I feel this discomfort or this dis-ease um, in my body around people or my interactions, I really take a moment to be like, what am I learning here? Mm, great idea. Yes. So I have a phrase and, and I hate that I can't remember where I heard this from, but um, so I apologize. I'm not giving credit to whoever this came from. But it's basically this, well, that happened. Now where's the gift in it? Now that happened. Where's the gift in it? That has helped me through so many situations where I'm going, why in the world? How come? You know, whatever. And then go, okay, wait a minute. There's a gift here somewhere. This did happen for a reason. There's something to be gained. There's something to learn. There's a way to grow from whatever it is, whatever it may be. So my untethered with low podcast, the whole like verbiage of what the piece is, is taking life's lessons, turning them into blessings, and then learning how I've integrated them and experienced them through personal professional like experiences. And like everything we go, and I don't say go any, everything we grow through. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I don't believe in the going, I'm not just going, I'm, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm expanding, I'm releasing, I'm, I'm re-embodying, you know, as I, as I step from this higher view into the perspective and, and of course, then the language comes with it, right? Like you're not just going through it, you're growing through it. And so, um, as I like start going into that aspect of growing through these things, it's so important to one, meet yourself with grace and kindness, meet the people that are going through and growing through the same thing, or you're experiencing those things with the same grace and kindness as well. And it, and, and what I've learned is like the victim mentality aspect of like keeping myself in check, not to act like I don't have any responsibility in whatever is happening. And I've been experiencing that so much on my, on my page the other day, I talked about being around the wrong people and it costing me so much time, money, personal belongings, um, emotional stability. And 
the biggest thing is that, and I even said it to someone, someone said, man, I'm hearing this a lot, you know, being around the wrong people. I said, now don't get me wrong. I have to take responsibility for the fact that I was around them. Mm -hmm. These people have given me red flags, whether I acknowledged them or wanted to see them and receive them. But there was always something there saying, this doesn't feel right. Or they do something small that's kind of, you know, not in alignment with who I am or my values or my perspectives. And I, I let it go. And then the person slips in again and again, and then you're left going, oh, wow, I just really uh, dicked myself over here. But most people tend to go into the perspective of, well, I'm the victim. Um, you know, I experienced these things because this person was a terrible person, but that's not it. You yourself were willing to let your boundaries slip. You yourself weren't willing to put your foot down. You yourself were allowing someone to kind of continue to creep in. And so what I, I had a conversation with a friend not too long ago where she was in this really sticky situation. And I was like, you knew about the situation before you went into it. So you got to take some accountability for the fact that you walked into the situation. Right. And at first she's like, all right, I'm going to bed. I'm like, oh, I love you. And it, like her and I are best friends. So she needs to sleep on that concept because it's it's massive to have to take responsibility for our actions. But if we don't, we won't learn our patterns and we won't break the bonds that are still tethering us to this to the unpleasantries of this world. Oh, there's so many different ways to look at it. Are you familiar with the children's book, The Little Soul in the Sun by Neil Donald Walsh? I've, I haven't, I've read it like a long, long, like a long time ago. Yeah. Highly, highly recommend it. You can actually have it read to you on YouTube in 13 minutes and I forgot how many seconds now, but the little soul in the sun by Neil Donald Walsh explains, or this is one way of looking at it, that the people in our life that do bad things to us, and you see the air quotes here, I'm saying the bad things to us that you're right. We feel like we're in the victim role. They're in the perpetrator role. If I get that word out, the reality is from this perspective that our souls chose to come here to work through whatever together. And I will say that one of my brothers is my biggest challenge. So it's not that easy to just, you know, not be around him. Well, it is actually that <laughs> not to be around each other for a lot of reasons. We trigger each other. We really do. And I have come to see him as my biggest teacher, that we trigger each other. We bring up all kinds of stuff. I feel like a victim around him, yada, yada. And he's my biggest teacher. So when I can see him as my biggest teacher, I can feel love for him instead of all the frustration, anger, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? That it, when you're able to look at it as our souls are making this choice to learn and grow together. Absolutely. And I love the concept that, that I say and phrase is always forever a student, you know, and forever a teacher, you know, we are balancing between being in both those spaces. And like you said, if, if we look at the people in our circle, the people we interact with, you know, and go, okay, what are they teaching me about me? Yes. You know, what can I, or what can I learn from this present moment? You know, this discomfort or the comfort, you know, I, you know, I've realized, um, and being comfortable with, uh, uh, talking about my truths and all these things that I love, um, 
I love creating space. I love creating space to feel people to be seen and heard and to have a shoulder to cry on or a place to vent when they need to. So like, it doesn't always have to be negative, right? I don't want everyone to think, you know, you're just learning lessons and no, like, you know, there's a lot of positive, beautiful things and ways to see like learning and growing. And so, um, I don't know. It's just been really interesting. I, I know with losing like three people this last year and then like losing one of my biggest clients because it just, it wasn't honestly not in alignment. And then just having like really awkward and odd moments. I learned a lot about myself through all the grief that I experienced. And when my friends say like, I don't know how you're like making it, I'm just like, I I am, you know, there's really no other way for me at this point. But even so, it's like what I revert to is, well, you know, I got to spend more time with my dad and I'm just grateful for that. Um, I'm, I got to spend more time with my stepmom. I'm just grateful for that. I learned that, you know, I, the more I open up to people, the more I feel loved and supported. And so I've definitely leaned into the concept of just like really finding those po- and it's not trying to be like overly positive because I've been in pain. Yeah. Right. I've been in a lot of pain. So when I go to that perspective, now that I, I'm, and I'm still grieving, my stepmom only passed um, two and a half, almost three months ago. My grandpa was at Thanksgiving. My dad was last year in, and uh, right before our birthday in April. So they've been kind of like six months apart almost <laughs> experience. So every time I go back to it, every time someone has passed, I'm reliving, you know, I am reliving. And so um, it's one of those things where I just, I'm trying. I'm trying to lean into the the positive, you know, what, and it's positive, but the pain is purpose. The pain is passion. The pain is what God uses you to move you forward, to be a great, um, humble servant to, to the people more than anything, you know? And so I just, I think it's super important to go, not go woes me. You can woes me, like, whoa, this sucks. This is a lot. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I just don't know if I can take one more hit right now. But at the end of the day, what am I still doing? Trying yeah. to be a positive impact, trying to see the positive side of things, understanding what all this happened for and, and then taking it into the world and educating and teaching, right? So being the yeah. student so I can be the best teacher I can be moving forward yeah. in the world. And it allows you to grow in compassion, compassion for yourself and others so much. And I'm so sorry you've been through that. And for me, it was the early 90s. My mom died. No, my dad died in 1990 at 57. My mom died in 94 at 57. There were nine deaths in my family within a like an eight year period. So, yeah, I mean, I've been through those times, too. And they suck. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And yet you're right. You grow through it you become more compassionate, you become more understanding. And I agree with you, allowing yourself to feel the sucky feelings is the only way through. I can tell you that that I look at it this way now. I I said emotional, well, I said eating. My emotional eating really kicked off when my dad died in 1990. I gained 35 pounds very quickly and I was a dietitian. I was working in health promotion and gaining, gaining, gaining. It was a really rough time in my life. Um, Now I can see that that the emotional eating was a gift because it's what led to my spiritual and emotional 
um, journey, I guess is the best way of putting it. So when I was going through it, it was awful, obviously. I mean, there, there is pain and loss, obviously. And yet it is where there's the biggest growth. You know, what is that Japanese? I can't think of the name of it where, you know, the cracks is where they fill in the gold and yeah. yeah and, and the beauty of that, that, that that's the reality of loss, right? It really sucks. The cracks are there and yet you get to fill in with new, new energy, new love, new compassion, new understanding. I love that. That's such a good one too, that, you know, we're, we're really made of gold. You know, we're really, yeah. you're really the sparkly, bright light. Um, I know myself, I, I talk about a lot. I had actually did an ayahuasca journey uh, two years ago now. And, mm-hmm. and my whole purpose was to open my heart because I, because of my, my life uh, prior to the experience of Aya, um, I, I knew that I kept walls, even though I was loving, compassionate, giving, I was still very robotic in the feel of things. And I don't, you know, I want to say I shouldn't have done that, but I did it. And, uh, and so you know, I experienced the eye, I set the intention. I want to open my heart. Next thing you know, boom, I had three deaths. I lost a lot of things. Wasn't a nasty narcissistic relationship, like everything to rip me completely apart. So I can really put myself back together and it cleared it's cleared out so much um and then the openness of my heart you know has driven me closer to god has pushed me to want to know god and know the word of god and then it has opened me up to want to just to be more compassionate, to share and care more, to create that safe space that I keep talking about of people to come and lean when they need to. But, you know, a lot of us don't realize it. Like we're still holding on to these hard boundaries from our, our life, from like our childhoods. And though we think we're loving and kind and compassionate, there's still a lot of times where we're not. And um, Ivy and I even talked about it where she had an experience that she was working out with a family member. And she, what had happened was after a while, the family member wouldn't talk, didn't want to work out there anymore. And the lady ended up saying, well, you're always complaining. And so how often are we showing up in our relationships and not being good, kind, compassionate, mindful when we're there and creating this, this space of discomfort for the people around us? And I love that today, hearing that because it was like, oh, that was really eye opening for me. Um, now, there's a place to talk about your feelings. There's a place to pour out your soul but then there's a place to stop the story. Yes. Yes. And I, another one of my favorite sayings is, and you don't have to stay stuck there. So if I'm feeling sad, if I'm feeling angry, if I'm doing something I'm not happy with, excuse me, I'm going to, okay, this is where I'm at the moment, but I don't have to stay stuck here. So always open to new possibilities, expansion, growing, learning. I love And the biggest thing is to share and care, I think, is what's really been coming through with me is like, you know, we work through and we can start seeing from a higher perspective when we realize a lot of us have been through the same things, right? Yeah. Um, 
you know, you start going, well, I know why I'm like this because because I went through what you went through and then it's it kind of dissolves um the separation and then hopefully it draws in the mindfulness around your, your the people uh around you so so talk to me about tapping a little bit I know we're gonna segue uh I wanted to segue because yeah. I feel like it's a good one well and with tapping it can be used in so many different ways it can be used for phobias and addiction. Well, I shouldn't say addiction. It can help with addictions. I should put it that way. It can help with um, physical pain. It can help with the emotional pain. One of the things that I think that we've brought up that I think tapping would be really good with is being compassionate with ourselves and understanding with ourselves. So if you're okay with it, Lauren, I would like to explain how to do the tapping and then we'll do some tapping on growing compassion and love Mm. if that works for you. Heck yes. (laughs) I'm going to just work. I know we're like, we're zooming right now, but I want to get my camera up my second camera. So that way I can record this as well for us. You know, y'all I'll be real time in it on all the things that I do. um, I like to be very present and engaged in the moment. So, all right. Okay. So, okay, so go ahead and do your whole shebang. Okay, so I'm going to give you my introduction to EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques or Tapping. This is the short version. This is, um, I do Insight Lives on Insight Timer, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And I always have to give this explanation before we do tapping. So I'll give you the short version. EFT, emotional freedom techniques or tapping, is where we're literally tapping on the meridian endpoints that are the same ones used in traditional Chinese medicine or um, acupuncture, acupressure. And when you stimulate these meridian points, you're literally calming your nervous system. And yeah, it's hard to do with glasses. So when we actually do it, we'll be taking the glasses off. So we have what we call the three C's of tapping, calm, clear, and create. So we're literally calming the nervous system. It works on the amygdala and your cortisol level. Cortisol is your stress hormone. And the statistics are somewhere around 40% reduction in cortisol with tapping. So it works pretty quickly for people. Most people, even if they don't know what to say, even if they're brand new to tapping, will say they feel calmer. So the first thing is calming. The second thing is clearing. So today we're going to clear our negative self-talk as much as we can. By the way, we all have our inner critic. Everybody has one. And just accepting that we all have that part. And that part actually has a positive motivation. It actually has a positive purpose. It's trying to keep us safe. It's trying to keep us from putting ourselves out there and doing something stupid. So it's saying, hey, sit on the couch. Don't reach out. Don't do big things. You might get hurt. You might do something stupid. So it's saying, hey, you're stupid. Stay home. Right. So the the inner critic is actually trying to help you. Remembering that part kind of helps to be a little more compassionate with yourself. Anyway, the calm, the clear. So we're going to clear some negative thinking and then create. So we want to create a more loving relationship with ourselves. Okay. All parts of ourselves, the shame, the hurt, the pain, the anger, the victim, the perpetrator, all parts. Okay. We've all played all parts. Okay. So how to tap. 
We're going to start by tapping on the side of the hand. And Lauren, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and tap with me so you can start feeling the effects, just the demo part of it. So when we do the side of the hand, we do what's called a set up phrase or balancing statement. So it'll be something along the line of, even though I judge myself harshly, or even though I'm angry with my brother or whatever it is. So you have your, even though whatever your tapping target is, something positive. I'm okay. I'm learning to accept myself. I'm learning to be more compassionate with myself. So we'll do that three times on the side of the hand. And I'll ask you to repeat after me when we do this. And then we'll do what's called a round. And I like to start with the eyebrow point. So this is two fingers right between the eyebrows, gently tapping. And we do what's called a reminder phrase here. And this is where we tell the truth. No spiritual bypassing and tapping. So we'll say something like, I'm really angry with myself. Or I can't believe I said that. Or we'll, we'll pick exactly what we want to say. And then we'll do the side of the eye, which is right on the bone. Yep. Two, you can do both sides or one. The next point is under the eye, right on the bone. The next one is under the nose. The next one is called the chin. Why are you laughing? Is this good? <laughs> Does it feel weird? My little mustache I'm giving myself. Uh, so actually it's the little indention between the lip and the chin that we call the chin just because it's too hard to say the little indention between the lip and the chin. And some people say under lip. So if you go to YouTube, you will see thousands of videos of tapping. I even have a YouTube channel with tapping. Um, and just know that the wording may be slightly different. The next point is called the collarbone. So you find your collarbones and you go down about an inch and out about an inch. Yep. Right there. Another way to find it is you can put your arms out straight and then fold them in and where you land. Oh, yep. that's a good one. <laughs> this one's my favorite one. For those of you in the Charlotte area, if I have to drive on 77 North, <laughs> you know I'm probably going to be doing this as I'm driving. I don't know how people drive on that end. Of, never mind. All right. The next point is the underarm point. And for the ladies, that's the bottom of the bra line. So about four or five inches down below the arm. And you can do it like we're doing it on the same side, or you can do crossbody. And I have found this works better for those that aren't quite as well endowed. So <laughs> I prefer the same side. It's much easier. And again, you can do one hand or two. And the last point we're using today is the top of the head, right on the crown. Okay. So are you ready to get started? I am. Okay. So before we start, I forgot to tell you one thing, uh, actually several things, but the main thing I want to tell you is that it's very good if you yawn, sigh, or even burp. Those are all signs of energy movement. So that. when I start doing this with people and they yawn and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just wanted to tell you if that happens for you, that's normal. It's actually great. Don't feel bad about it. Okay. okay. Do you have any questions before we start? Um, you're going to set the intention for this or, okay, perfect. That's yep. all I have. Yep. yep. So we're going to tap on um, being more compassionate and loving and understanding with ourselves, no matter what. And so if you'd like, we're going to start by just closing our eyes for a moment and taking a deep nourishing breath together. And tune into that part of yourself that you judge so harshly. 
the part of you that doesn't feel good enough for whatever reason. And now opening your eyes, coming to the side of the hand, repeating after me, even though I judge myself so harshly. Even though I judge myself so harshly. I'm learning to be more compassionate and understanding. I am learning to be more compassionate and understanding. Even though there is part, let me try that again. Even though there is a part of me that does not feel good enough. Even though there is a part of me that doesn't feel good enough. I'm choosing to remember that I am good enough. I am choosing to remember I am good enough. So even though there is a part of me that judges myself. Even though there is a part of me that judges myself. And there's a part of me that doesn't feel good enough. And there's a part of me that doesn't feel good enough. Today, I am open to new possibilities. Today, I'm open to new possibilities. And seeing myself in a new, with a new perspective. And seeing myself with a new perspective. All right, let's just take a deep breath together. And going to the eyebrow point, gently tapping between the eyebrows. I judge myself so harshly. I judge myself so harshly. Side of the eye. I just don't feel good enough. I just don't feel good enough under the eye and I'm understanding that these are learned ways of seeing myself and I am understanding these are learned ways I am seeing myself under the nose and it feels true to me and it feels true to me Jen but today I'm questioning is this really true but today I'm questioning is this really true collarbone is it true that I'm not good enough is it true that I'm not good enough under the arm, or has my culture taught me I'm not good enough? Or has my culture taught me I'm not good enough? Top of the head. Do I really have to believe that anymore? Do I really have to believe that anymore? Back to the eyebrow. I wonder if I could start seeing myself differently. I wonder if I can start seeing myself differently. Side of the eye. I wonder if I can see myself with more compassion and understanding. I wonder if I can see myself with more compassion and understanding. Under the eye. I wonder if I can remember. I wonder if I can remember. That I am a divine being having a human experience. That I am a divine being having a human experience. Under the nose. That everything that happens is an opportunity for learning and growth. That everything that happens is an opportunity for learning and growth. Chin, and I can start loving and accepting myself exactly as I am. And I can start loving and accepting myself exactly as I am. Collarbone. There's actually nothing wrong with me. There's actually nothing wrong with me. Under the arm. And I'm learning to believe that more and more. And I'm learning to believe that more and more. Top of the head. And I am so, so grateful. And I am so, so grateful. All right, let's stop tapping and just take a deep breath. And just, just notice that little bit of tapping. How do you feel? Do you notice a difference? There's definitely some yawns trying to come through on that. Um, 
And I do, I feel really relaxed, um, a little like, uh, giddy, um, but overall I feel very happy and calm and excited. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I want to be honest about this. When I work with people one-on-one, when I do tapping sessions with people, we go deep into healing traumas and things. That is not the level we're going to do here on a podcast, because that would not be ethical to get people into their deep stuff when you don't have the support you need, obviously. So this is, this is basically what you'll find on my YouTube channel, meaning that it's going to be much more positive, uplifting, tapping, instead of going into the deep healing work that needs to be done, but it can be used in many different ways. So just remembering, I think, well, you tell me, just remembering that I've been taught to believe all these things and it's not even true. Yes, absolutely. I mean, from a young age, those outside factors um, definitely weigh in on us. And I know what I went through being like overweight most of my life. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, I know what I've been through um, just kind of growing up in some of the life situations that I've been through and, you know, um, being in a, a better position in life some days and rather than other days and, and vice versa. And just how society looks down on you, depending on what all the things, right? Like you're a single mom, you went to college, didn't, you know, grew up in the hood or grew up, you know, in the upper class area, you know, just all the things I know I've experienced. And, um, whether, I want to acknowledge the fact that those things have stunted me mentally. I know that they have. Um, and it's it's a proven factor, which is why, you know, a lot of us don't get out of our cycles is because we allow ourselves to stay stuck and not realize that we can do and be so much more than what we're giving ourselves the opportunity to be. And so um, I, I, I try my hardest to let go. Um, sometimes it takes a lot of work. Sometimes it takes a little bit of work. Um, but kind of going back to what you had said earlier, you know, when I lost my dad and them, I started realizing that I eat from from stress yeah. and never acknowledged that before. And so at a certain point, you know, you just start to acknowledge like what things do to you. And so our programs of our childhood and even today, right? Like our programs that are still on us today, the same ones we had as a child, um, you know, they're just so heavy. Yeah. You don't really want to get me off on emotional eating because we'll be here for another hour. <laughs> but I will say that if you think about it from the moment you are born, whether it's the breast or the bottle, you are given food to comfort you, mm. to deal with crying, to, you know, take care of the baby, pop the pacifier in the mouth or the, you know, the breast or the bottle. And so we are taught to comfort ourselves with food from the very beginning. So of course we turn to food when there's a loss and the foods that we'll turn to are the comfort foods, ice cream, macaroni and cheese, you know, the soft, creamy, yummy things <laughs> make us feel better. It, it does work that way. So learning to take care of ourselves in other ways, you know, it's a process. Yeah, no, I, uh, I love it. You put out my favorite mac and cheese, spaghetti. I love yeah. spaghetti and a little yeah. pot and the light bread. Um, but, um, outside of tapping and, and, um, or let's actually talk a couple minutes into the depth of tapping. 
I know we aren't going to go into a deep tapping, but you know, what can they expect? Say they come to you to do work. Like what is a session? You know, is there a way to prepare? Do you encourage it for people who are blah, blah, blah. Like what, um, talk to us about those kind of factors. Well, I'm just going to start with the emotional eating piece since we were there. I do a free, hang on a second. Whoops. <laughs> Not my microphone over. We do a, I do a free 30 minute cravings call. If anybody wants to do that. So say you feel out of control with macaroni and cheese and you just want to feel more in control with it. So I never try to get people to stop eating whatever. It's all about feeling like you have a choice instead of once you start, you can't stop kind of thing. Right. But what we generally happens when we do the free cravings calls is that we find out what it is you're really craving, what it is that's under the craving for the food. So that's the real purpose of that call. So I just thought I'd throw that out. When I work with people, we're doing healing on whatever it is they need to heal. And everybody has losses. Everybody has regrets. Everybody has shame. Everybody wishes they haven't done this or they hadn't done that. And so working to... um heal as much of that as we can so that we can accept ourselves more. It's all about self-love. One of my sayings is self-love is your personal miracle. I'm a big believer in miracles, by the way. So self-love is your personal miracle. The more you work through all the ways you judge yourself, all the ways that you believe society is judging you, the more compassionate you can be, the more loving you can be with yourself. And that's how you change the world. The more loving you are with yourself, the more you became a you become a source of love and you spread that out into the world instead of guilt, shame, embarrassment, judgment, all the things that we usually do, pointing fingers at each other and ourselves. So it's a process. It's not a one and done. I wish I could say, okay, do one session with me and your world will be completely different. That does happen, by the way. We call that the one minute miracle, but that is rarer than the fact that we work through different sessions, however many it takes to work on whatever it is you want to work on. I love that. And so um, just remind them again where they, I'm going to have the links available as well, but just because I can be, some days I like being auditory. Sometimes I'm more visual. Sometimes I'm making sure of all the things. So um, let's just remind them of your schedule and when you're on your YouTube and, and doing this. Okay. So my website is yourtappingjourney.com. Oh. Um, and I, my YouTube is, oh, honestly, it's a little sporadic. It's not a set time, but I'm on the insight timer app, the meditation app Tuesdays at one o'clock Eastern. And it's about a half hour. We always have a different topic that we start with. We always do some tapping. We always do a short meditation. So I have some regulars that come every week because they like to just get that that feeling that the tapping brings and the meditation that they just feel like it's kind of getting a, uh, you know, a weekly fill up or whatever. So insight timer, YouTube, Instagram to an extent, you know, Facebook, I have a group on Facebook called a journey to self-love. And there I just post a lot of uplifting, encouraging, positive things with some humor mixed in. And, you know, I might share what I've got going on, but it's more just sharing uplifting positive things. And to be honest with you, Lauren, when I'm feeling low, sometimes I'll go to my group to start reading through things to remember. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Oh, yeah, I needed to hear that today. I so. love that. 
I love yeah. that. Well, I will make sure that we have all the links available to everybody so they can get in touch with you. And, um, and, uh, was there anything else that you wanted to share? Um, I'd just like to leave the space open. Well, I just want to share that I am so proud of you for what you're doing and what a difference you're making in the world. So I just appreciate that you're doing, what is it, two different podcasts or three different podcasts? I haven't even got it all straight in my brain yet. And all that you will be doing in the future, I'm just excited for you. And I'm grateful that you're doing what you're doing to make a difference in the world. Yeah, I got to stop. <laughs> So I'm just going to throw this out here. I'm I'm much older than you and I'm at the point in my life where I'm I just want to support the younger generation. I think you guys can make a big difference in the world and turn things around because we all have different visions of how screwed things up are, but I think everybody would agree things are screwed up. And <laughs> so I think that it's so important that people are continuing to work on their stuff and continuing to put themselves out there. And you're a beautiful example of that. So just thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's, it's just, I want, one could say, you know, I, I didn't grow a family, uh, not a closeness. And my mom always jokes. Cause when I was dating this guy, Michael for a while, um, she came and met us to dinner and she said, you're so like affectionate and loving. And I said, well, I give what I did not receive. Mm. And, and um, it wasn't to hurt her feelings. She knows it. You know, we've had the conversations, mm. but I really embody the things that I, I, I know I didn't have. And my, my hope uh, in all that I'm doing, whether it's running for president or having these podcasts um, is just to grow a family. Uh, and grow a family as big as, as the world at this point. Yes. So I uh, technically have two podcasts. The goal is to start my third at some point. So we have untethered with low. Um, it used to be called the mindful business life, but it's kind of more the business aspect around business leadership, mindfulness, and then the art of Zen is supposed to be these deep spiritual convos like we're having today. Um, and then I do like sound healings and poem reads when I, when I want to read my poems and, um, affirmations when I have time to do it, that one's still fairly new. And I had a radio talk show for a while. Um, but I realized I was paying for something I didn't need to pay for. So I removed that, but, um, the last one is going to be about my presidential run. Um, and it's going to be called the path of presidency, like my radio talk show was. And so the goal is to educate and just hopefully spark um, the drive and the want to educate ourselves and really be the, um, the, the change we wish to see in our governmental systems and our structures and our education systems. And so, um, you know, as, as the Lord lays it on me, these things are starting to roll out. And I just thank all of you for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom, um, and for gifting me the opportunity to sit here and be able to experience some of that stuff. Um, it's just such a blessing. And it just, you know, through everything I've been through this last year, I'm just so grateful to have so many of you to call family. So, um, thank you so much. Try not to cry right now. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, but if you need anything, Ruthie, please reach out. I will get this <laughs> uploaded for you um, on our Google Drive so you have it to share and care with the rest of the world. And everyone else, just thank you for your time and tuning in and not just hearing me talk my your ears off, but giving people an opportunity to share their medicine, their wisdom, and just being willing to receive different perspectives or receive a, the same perspective, but just being gently reminded. And um, it just shows a lot of courage that we all keep showing up. So absolutely. Thank you so much. And I love you all. God bless you. Blessings to you. Bye everyone.